Welcome to Talking Facts, and thank you for tuning in to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts, a podcast collaboration between the University of Kentucky Markey Cancer Center and the UK College of Agriculture, Food and Environment's Cooperative Extension Service. We will share with you the latest developments in cancer prevention, diagnosis, treatment, and research from the experts at Markey Cancer Center, Kentucky's only National Cancer Institute designated cancer center. Talking Facts is hosted by the UK Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Jenny DeLab of the UK Markey Cancer Center. And Jenny is a oncology social worker with UK Markey. And I think that this topic is really going to be so informative for our listeners as we continue on with our series called Cancer Conversations. And today, our goal is really to talk about what happens after a cancer diagnosis and just things that a family may experience or an individual may experience after a cancer diagnosis and really and truly just kind of dealing with life. So we'll get started. And if you wouldn't mind just to tell us a little bit about what oncology social work is. Sure thing. Thank you so much again for having me today. Oncology social work is relatively new, kind of up and coming within the last, I would say, five to 10 years. It's grown as a profession. Medical social work certainly can be intimidating to some, but it is, it's is—it's been one for me that's been most enjoyable. So our group is comprised in the Marquee Outpatient Clinics at UK Healthcare, and our goal is to provide emotional support and resource to patients as they're going through the trajectory of cancer treatment. So that can be before, during, and after a cancer diagnosis, and also their families. So I think often when a family is experiencing a cancer diagnosis or maybe someone has a close friend that's experiencing a cancer diagnosis, those individuals may not know exactly what to say or or what to do. And I think so often individuals might say, well, please let me know if there's anything I can do to help you or I'm here if you need me. But is there something that individuals can do other than really just kind of saying, well, let me know if you need some help? You got it. Yeah, that's something certainly that we wrestle with in our setting. And cancer has an impact on relationships. It has an impact on a lot of life circumstances. We often say, you know, cancer or life doesn't stop because of a cancer diagnosis. Right. You know, it's one of those things where if you have someone in your life with cancer, whether it's a family member or a friend or even an acquaintance, I think just showing up for them can be really huge. That can be beneficial. It's hard to know what someone might need. Um, so if you give them a supportive phone call or send them a card, you know, whatever, you know, you you like to do as well, I think use your skills there as well. Some people, it's bringing them a gift card or a meal, picking up their medicine or even taking them to an appointment. So you kind of know your strengths and that can be a way that you can help someone by knowing what you're good at. I think if you keep things normal for someone with cancer, that's always helpful too in the face of something that's not normal, being cancer. It can affect all those relationships in so many ways, again, but maybe rather than telling them how they should feel, which is a common human right, uh, <laughs> way right, to be, exactly. um, it's sometimes just matching their energy that can be most helpful and, and letting them express how they feel, just being there. I think that's a great point. And in thinking about a friend that um, might have— um, 
a relationship with someone that was recently diagnosed with cancer, as you were talking, I was thinking about, is it generally recommended to maybe um, space that out? Because I would think that after the initial diagnosis, someone might have lots of offers for help, or they might be getting lots of phone calls to say, are you okay? Or do you need anything? Or how are you feeling? But maybe as time goes on, and people kind of settle back into their normal life, that those things may may stop, but the individual might still need support? You're absolutely right. I think people tend to see some of that support dwindle as things become kind of a normal routine, as normal as, you know, cancer treatment can be for someone. So, yeah, just checking in from time to time, offering that support again, even if you think they've got things under control and they're kind of managing their everyday to day you know, necessities. I think that's important. It's always nice to know that you're thought about and feeling cared for at any point in time, right? So in addition to providing support for family members that might have a loved one that's been diagnosed with cancer, you can also provide support for cancer survivors. And so let's talk a little bit about that and how can cancer survivors take care of their own emotional health and well-being? Absolutely. This is a hot topic and very important for us to manage cancer or no cancer. So while cancer is certainly stressful, when someone is stressed, it's very hard to take care of ourselves. It's hard to know what to do for ourselves, how to do that. There is a kind of a resource that we use. The American Society for Clinical Oncology puts it out. Um, It's on cancer survivorship. When you experience high levels of stress, they say, um, for a time, a long period of time, that can be linked to health problems and a low quality of life. We see that every day in the clinics when folks' basic no needs, doubt, right? yeah, absolutely, when basic needs aren't met and self-care needs aren't met, you know, it's hard on folks. It adds another burden to the, to the cancer treatment course. So the better the treatment outcome patients have when they're taking care of this side of it as well. We know emotional health is important now also. So if that's finding small victories or ways that you can take pieces of control back where cancer tries to steal that from you, I think that can be very beneficial. It's hard for people to ask for help, as our previous question. Sometimes they right. don't know how to ask for it or they don't like that. They're always, they've always been a caregiver or someone that takes care of others. Sometimes it can just be really hard for people to accept help. Absolutely. And I think, you know, no matter what, once you can kind of figure out what that is that you need as a cancer patient or if you're offering that up as a caregiver or a support person of someone with cancer, it can decrease those feelings of worry, anxiety, and depression that are very normal things to experience while you're going through cancer. So communicating obviously is key. I speak with patients and families about this daily and ask them to kind of express and talk about talk through those emotions that they're having and what they're needing at that moment in time. So just to having somebody to speak to, I think, can be helpful. Another piece is maybe learning to use different techniques that will help you soothe yourself. You know, relaxation is, is common. Deep breathing, yoga, exercise in some form, just even walking can be beneficial. Talking with a friend or journaling, and if needed, getting, you know, professional support through a therapist can also be very useful. And when you talk about professional support through a therapist for an individual or family that has been dealing with a cancer diagnosis, is it important that they seek out someone that is specialized in that field, such as yourself, someone with those types of background, or just in maybe our more small rural communities, a general therapist, is will they have information and background in this area as well? Sure, that's a good question. I have a lot of folks ask me that. And I think as long as you're able to talk with someone, it's important. Community mental health providers are sometimes even 
as equally equipped as someone who has oncology experience to deal with some of these. I think it's so prevalent in some of our rural communities that a lot of folks know or have known someone who's been through a cancer diagnosis. If someone would like to have someone who's specialized in that, that's certainly an option and something that we can provide also within our group at Markey. Excellent. I would think common concerns of survivors would be maybe the fear of reoccurrence of cancer or a term that you shared with me called scanxiety. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Scanxiety, you know, we try to use humor where we can, but scanxiety is certainly a term that we use to kind of help identify those feelings of anxiousness and and worry. I mean, it makes total, total (laughs) sense. Just the the fear of the scan of of coming back to see if maybe there could be a reoccurrence. It makes, I think it's a great term. Absolutely. And that, like you said, it can be a scan or a test. It can even be just walking in the place for an appointment. You know, I've had plenty of folks tell me it's the smells of this place. It's the sounds of this place. You know, there's a lot of emotion and stress, like I mentioned previously, kind of tied in with those visits. So talking with people about identifying those feelings that that come in there or come into play that they cannot control, and then teaching them how in a, in a counseling setting how to control those feelings um, a little bit better, what ways and, and things that you can do to kind of manage those ahead of those appointments can be really useful. And that goes back to self-care too. You know, finding ways to kind of deal with things. There's no one size fits all for that. But some of those things can be just taking 10 to 15 minutes to have time to worry, right? Like that sounds strange, but scheduling that into your day (laughs) can be really useful. And then you don't have to go back there again if if you've processed through that, so to say. And just finding an activity that you can go all in on. If that's knitting, if that's playing a game on your phone, if that's using a relaxation or a calming app, something to kind of help you in that moment can all be very, very helpful. And I'm sure that these fears are common not only for the cancer patient, but also their family members. I had a colleague recently that, unfortunately, his wife had been diagnosed with cancer, and he was talking about after they were going to the first scan after treatments, and he said it was just so much more draining than he had ever imagined that it could be. So this is something that would affect family members as well. Yes, absolutely. And I think, again, talking about that and finding those things that work for you specifically um, can be really useful. And it is emotionally draining. It, it, and it's hard to acknowledge that until you've been in that experience. Let's talk a little bit about resources that would be available to a cancer survivor. Sure. There's so many resources out there. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. You know, that can be where an oncology social worker, a nurse navigator, a, a lay navigator, a patient navigator can certainly be useful in helping linking folks to appropriate resources based on what they need at that moment. We don't want to overwhelm folks with too much information. Um, they've got a lot going on, so we want to try to keep that simple, but also give them enough information to go with, right? So what one person prefers may be very different from the next, like I mentioned, but some options would include face-to-face support groups, or there's peer-to-peer mentoring, which is usually done by phone or email, um, where you can speak one-to-one with someone else who's been diagnosed and through, you know, through treatment at that point, or 
living with a you know living with cancer as a chronic illness as a lot of folks are doing. So supportive counseling and talk therapy are also on the table, but there are a variety of different resources that they could tap into for those types of things. And I will just mention to you, our listeners, that you have provided us with a list of potential resources or follow-up information on this topic that will be linked in the show notes. So if that's something that they're interested in learning more about, they would certainly have those links and resources available to them there. And as we wrap up today, uh, one final question. If someone wanted to reach out to the Marquis Psych Oncology team, how would they go about that? Sure, absolutely. So our group, uh, the Marquis Psych Oncology team, is located on UK Healthcare's campus, and it is comprised of social workers, dietitians, and financial counseling. So all of those resources are available to folks through our group, and they can reach us by contacting us at 859-323-2798 for any information on all all, any and all of our supportive services. And I think that's just so important just as you list off the type of folks is for people to truly understand that this is not something they have to navigate on their own, that there are people there to help them. Absolutely. I do think this is, you know, one of those times where it's my hope in helping folks is to help them overcome being defined by their cancer diagnosis and certainly figuring out a way to get busy living, which is a term an organization called Stupid Cancer uses, <laughs> is just what we're after. So we we hope to be helpful in that way. In yeah, way I think that's great to get busy living. Thank you, Jenny, so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cancer Conversations on Talking Facts. Our goal is to connect you with the latest advances in cancer research in the Commonwealth. If you enjoyed today's podcast and have a suggestion for a future show topic, please message us on the UK Markey Cancer Center Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash UK Markey or visit our website at markey.uky.edu for more information. You can find University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension programs at your local Extension office or online at fcs.uky.edu. Building strong families, Building Kentucky. It starts with us.